Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Monday night, 8pm. The Online Darts Live Lounge returns. And here we are, gentlemen. It's been a long week. It's been a tiring week, but it's been a damn good one as well. How are we? And it's only Monday. Woohoo! <laughs> oh. How are we doing? Yeah, yeah good, you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Um, it's been a been a busy one. Plenty going on as always. Um we only saw each other. Not so long ago, a few hours ago. Um, but look, time flies when you're having fun, boys. That's yeah, what you call it. <laughs> so was it fun? No, I'm joking. Uh, did wait. Yeah, did wait. Did weekend spent with you two either side of me. One of you snores an awful lot more than the other one. Um, oh, I don't know. I snore like fuck as well. But I'm very rude. No, no, <laughs> one's, no one's worse, I'm telling you, this side. No one's worse. I don't know. I'm bad. Nope. Nope. But yeah, all round good weekend, uh, all round good week. And we will get into it but later on, but not a bad start today as well. Well done, gents. Um, yeah, no, it's all good. I'm just sharing some links on social at the same time. But welcome one and all in the chat room. Everyone in nice and early. Rob, how we doing? Uh, David, Ethan, all, Sam, Malachi, Stephen, Kieran. Uh, Chris, Matthew, uh, Love Darts is back. Wim, how we doing? Uh, Stephen, ABM, how we doing? Yeah, Gary Anderson, 41, 180s today, and he didn't win the tournament, gents. That's just fucking bonkers. Trebles for show. To be I'm fair, not saying he, did. he didn't say that once all weekend, so he's let us down, isn't it? He? He's let the side down. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to today's pro tour in a little bit. Where would you like to start today, boys? Uh, question time, and then we can go to bed. 
Yeah, we are we are all a bit tired, we're not gonna lie, but we are soldiering on. Um yeah, look, should, should we start with the seniors? Uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Um there is a new champion. Spoiler alert. I spit everywhere. If you haven't seen it, you live under a rock. Um, but the trophy does stay in Scotland, gents. Uh, absolutely superb weekend of seniors darts. First of all, before we go into the actual tournament, what was your highlight? Uh, banging in the one eighty in practice. Thanks. Doesn't count if it's in practice. Um. A certain game in the last 32 was my highlight, and I'm sure we'll touch on to them games in a minute, but a certain game in the last 32 <laughs> delivered on all fronts. Yeah, no, no, I thought the tournament was was superb. I'm not going to lie, I didn't see a lot on Thursday because it was in Glasgow, but overall, I thought it was another huge success. I think it absolutely sums up this show that the one time he qualifies for a TV event and I don't sit here and tell you how good Colin McGarry is and how much of a threat he is he goes and make the final. <laughs> yeah. Lovely now. Really good weekend again. The venue's yeah. special in it, like we're quite privileged to, to do what we do and to sit in the position that we do. And obviously compared to year one, we're in a much better position than where we, we sat at that point. But in terms of oppression, to be able to just sit in the arena where we do and take in the atmosphere, watch the games live and be able to get what we need to do done, it's, it's quite, I love it. There's nowhere better for me to watch that. Yeah, no, it's... It is a very unique atmosphere. And when you look, people that haven't been to the tavern before, the fact that literally the fans are literally centimetres from the stage is quite incredible. Yeah, it, it's not. Uh, it's also not a huge stage, um, which at times I know that mentioned, but that's always been the case. The, the, the fans are also past the players as well as being really close to them. Um, it's very, very unique with a balcony as well, just beyond the, the front. And um, I think we really, the one night where we really experienced what the Surtis Tavern crowd was about was that Friday night. It it was just very, very good. Um, if, if I'm being honest, as we've seen, as we've talked about it with other tournaments, PDC tournaments, from a crowd perspective, generally very good. However, there was moments um, but overall, it's a it's another world championship um, that has run fairly successful. Yeah, I, I I think so. Overall, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was a a, a decent tournament. It gets better and and, and better. Um, that there's always aspects of stuff that can be improved on, and I think the the guys would would admit that. But overall, it it ticks a lot of boxes for for dart fans. Yeah, it just it just needs more dart fans now, doesn't it? That, that's 
the next step, isn't it? It needs um, more people there for, for all of the sessions to keep the atmosphere as good as it was on the Friday and Saturday. Um, and it needs people to get behind the project and show there's a demand for it and desire for it so that it can continue to grow in terms of its production and, and quality. Yeah, and, 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 and I also... Dog, I was just going to say, and I guess the one thing that it adds is we spend a lot of time predicting as well as reviewing and analysing what's happening in names. But there is no way that anyone that I've seen on socials between the three of us had that semi-final lineup. I know, Jack, you've alluded to having building time up many a times and not doing it this time and then he's delivered. Yes, Hendo was favourite, uh, but Colin wasn't going in. Jim Lund, we've seen some fantastic stuff on the floor. And then Lisa Ashton going on the run and performance she did. I think just, and I know we'll go through the tournaments and rounds, but if you look at that semi-final as a four, there is no one that predicted that four. You may have had one as your outsider or, you know, fancied Hendo to, to do deep, but generally as a four, that was not picked. And that shows that the quality in the field, probably even looking at quarterfinals as well, you can do that. Yeah, and I hate to cross somebody under the bus, but he insisted last week there was only really three people that could win it, and it wasn't wide open at all. (laughs) (laughs) And the winner came from one of those three or four? Yeah, there were three in that final four weren't weren't in your four, so that was the point. It it was wide open. I still don't think think it was, and I I don't mean this horribly, and he might fucking have a go at me for saying it, but I don't care. And I said it before the final was even started. Going into that final, there was no way Colin McGarry could win that final. And I don't mean that horribly because he's not a good player. But in terms of levels and what we saw from Hendo, there was just no way he could win it. I disagree. I don't think it's the best of Hendo all weekend. And that's the point. He's got there and got it done in a fashion that that Colin's run out of steam at that point. But Colin's had chances in that final. He didn't believe me when I told him that. But if he goes back and watches that, there is an awful lot of missed darts at double in that final, tired darts at double, lack of belief perhaps a little bit. But that's part of the reason why he couldn't win it. Solid level as well. from but if Colin if the Colin had turned up in the rest of the matches turned up in that final, great chance. I disagree. I, I completely disagree. Um gentlemen, are we not are we not, are we not are we not doing this a bit backwards? We need to start early on before we dive uh, too much into that final. Uh, Right. Chris, on the floor, I agree. I think Colin's an unbelievable player on the floor. I just don't think he's a very good TV player. And I'm not hide, I'm not going to hide behind what I've said to you guys off camera. I'll, I'll stand by it. But on the floor, I think he's incredible. But I just don't think he's that good a TV player. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll go back to what we were getting onto about it, it growing or whatever. And I think Chris said about there about the, the audio quality and stuff like that. Look, I don't mind saying it because I don't work directly for the, the, the seniors, but that comes down to cost. The production costs to do a TV event are astronomical. Like I, I've seen what the costs are. And to go to the next level, you're talking about a lot of money extra. So to start with, the, the, the product needs to generate that money. Yes, look, could it be better? Absolutely, it could. But for what it is, it, it, it it's it's good. Yeah, look, there, there are things to be worked on, clearly, like quality yeah. of equipment and clean and, and how it works and that sort of thing. But 
Yeah. There is a broadcast. You get it out. It is televised. Like, it's, it's baby steps, isn't it? You've got to build reach of a product to build up the bigger sponsors, more ticket sales, a broadcast partnership deal with a channel that is proud to have it and that sort of thing. And it goes both ways. But somebody has to fund those initial production costs and not yeah. pluck them out of thin air. Yeah, exactly. They are like astronomical, the, the production costs. And we saw the, at, at Lakeside, their production, and this isn't a dig, by the way, before anyone says it, but we saw the cost of the early production, what that was with fixed cameras and everything like that. <laughs> and the, the seniors, okay, yeah, it could be better, but we've got a roaming camera. We've got more camera options and stuff like that. So just in terms of a a, a costing, I, I think it's good for what it what we have to pay. Is is the is the thing? But right, let's the cross. Just some people in the chat would have been there. A lot of you won't. But actually, I guess at that point, that it reflects not badly, but it doesn't quite show off just how great it is to be there in a venue. And that's not with a senior's hat on. That's as a fan. That's a venue and environment I'd like to be in. The music, the songs are all decent. Like the screens, you can see rolling. The stage introductions, how close you are to the players, all of that, that isn't probably truly reflected in the broadcast at the moment, which might be a reason that ticket sales aren't selling out every single session sort of thing, but it, it's, it will build. It has to build. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah that's that's the key, and I think that's what we've spoke about with um, WDF. It's probably the... The closest comparison, it wouldn't be fair to compare this to PDC. So is it comparison or looking at organisations? That's where I think there's a free with, with fair in the sense of it's about building. That is the essential. From year one to year three from production, if we think back to the first one, the first day, to where we are today, there is that improvement. Um, but yeah, like all three of us have said at different times, there is still growth and a lot of growth that is available if pushed for that for that route. So there's certainly the opportunity for it to get bigger and better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we go through every single game, because it'll take too long, what was your standout couple of ties from the first round? First... Well, the one that stands out is for me in that last 32, like I said, was just an unbelievable day in between Tevin Painter and Jim McEwen. It With Jim averaging, I know, Dob, you're definitely well up on the facts better than I am, but averaging around 108 after two sets. There we go. About eight points more, seven points more than what the TV averages. We're marking around with pens and papers, looking at all sorts of figures, what the possibility is. And then, let's be honest, yes, Painter was playing well, but what Painter did was produce an unbelievable 140 that changed the game. That was the that was the moment where it just, it's all changed. The, the atmosphere changed, the persona of Tevin Painter changed. Um, the one thing that probably didn't, even though we finished on a 98 average after having childhood, the performance of Jim didn't drop too much. Jim still played very, very well throughout that day. Um, and average one of the best um, 
one of the best averages we've seen at the World Championships, the best losing average we saw, or the best average we saw all weekend. But Tevin Painter found what he's found for years and years in his career, just moments of utter brilliance. Um, and I've never seen a Tevin Painter on such a high. The emotion, he was back in the venue on Friday. It seemed like every time I turned around, he was telling people about the 140. It was just, but it was one of them moments it just deserves to be. It was a standout from what was a very, very good and a very, um, a very open sort of round one where we looked at a lot of these ties between us. And I think we said quite a few to Del 3 0. And we only had one in that last 32, just showed. And we didn't think that was going to be that one-sided either. John Park, that was, yeah. You score. That was one of them that we, we spoke about and sort of had it a bit closer, especially how John Park's performed and his doubling's been in some of these senior events. That wasn't one that we had, though, in that way. And then so many free ones, free twos, Tom Bats. It was just a very, very good general first round. But the painted material one stands out for me, where there is a few more in there. For you, Gob? Well, see, that's right in contention. Uh, I thought Dubbridge Durant was really good, actually. Dubbridge has been excellent on the floor events. The first player to hit a 9 in team's history was at Q score and playing really well. That was a rematch of the year before. I thought Glenn showed a steeliness that we saw glimpses of um, at the Moda Super Series when he played a Group B campaign uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I think Glenn just needs a bit of belief now. Look, the action is not perfect. I don't think he's going to go back to that. But in those key and crucial moments at the Super Series, it went the wrong way for him. He started to crumble a little bit. He started to overthink it. He started to chase and just wanted to, to get over the line. But actually, I thought he, he did a good job there of pushing Mark and staying calm and taking the chances that Dubridge gave him. I think Dubridge perhaps might have been a little bit too relaxed about that one. Um, but it was good to see Glenn back chucking. He's nowhere near his best. But it was competitive, and, and that was a good sign. Um, and then the other one that I really liked. Uh, where's it gone? I thought the Canadians gave us a great game, despite the fact it was 3-1. Jim Long, David Cameron. You can see the fact that they're making it and mixing it with PDC boys once or twice a year sort of thing, that they're playing on the CDC, the quality that 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 brings. I thought that was a really good game. It was a shame, actually, that they played each other in the first round. <laughs> because they're probably going to do that at least another four or five times this year over in the States. But, yeah, that was a decent abstract between those two. Yeah. Uh, Chris, does it averaged 79.36. Um, look, I didn't see the, the Thursday, but the one that stands out for me, the game turned on one moment, and then after that, was just brilliant, was Mace in that first round against Daryl Fitton because he was right up against it, a set down and legs down. And that 92, double 18, double 18, completely spun it. And then the next two sets, Mace was absolutely outstanding for me. Yeah, it, it was weird because at times I was watching Chris Mace. His numbers for me never reflected his performance. And that worked both ways. There was times I was watching it, and I think throughout the weekend, probably the opening parts of this day, he wasn't performing to the levels, but his numbers were a lot higher than that. And then at other times, I've seen him like 
mid to late 80s, and I thought he was a lot better. But this one, and I've Destin reflected in him playing well in certain sets, and this was shown in that in that fit and win. There was the turning point, and then it was just, and then I, I used the word quite a lot, but I think we see more with the seniors, a certain persona changes on stage, and that was with Twist Mason. As soon as that check out went, it was very much, now it's my day. Now, if I play well, there's only one winner. And I think it continued that through and that game. And it was a, it became one sided in a game that wasn't early on. Yeah, there was, there, he, had a, he had a certain swagger uh, uh, around him. Um, before we dissect even more, uh, massive shout out to Lisa Ashton because we saw a play at Lakeside and there were concerns. But she's rocked up here at the tavern. And we've seen moments of the old Lisa that smiles back and speaking to her media afterwards that she openly admitted that Lakeside came too soon for her. But now she feels comfortable again. And we saw some signs of that this weekend. That run to the semi-final was just incredible. And she, she played a lot of darts of late to get herself back into that position. Like I said, it did come a bit too soon. We saw her play in the ADC LP Motorcycle Women's Series Finals in Portsmouth not long after the surgery, then built up to the lakeside, now finds herself here. Um, she's fantastic, and we've always known she's fantastic, and she's got the ability, because of the pace she plays at, the finishing and the scoring, she can just take legs and sets away from people, and I feel like that's what she did this weekend if she gets on that little bit roll. The set play is brilliant for her in this format. She doesn't have to be on it. 100% from the word go to the end. She just has to produce those moments and she can and does produce those moments. She was brilliant throughout the weekend, like you said. She looked in great shape. Um, she played beautifully. The action looks fine. She never really complained about her elbow at once at all. Um, and she's got a big year ahead of her because for the last 18 months or so, the women's game has been all about Fallon and, and Bo. And Lisa might chuck a spanner straight back in the works there. Yeah, absolutely. Quite quite possibly. I will touch on Phil in a minute, Chris. But look, going through the, the, the card here almost that on Sunday the real John Henderson turned up. Averages of ninety, ninety-two in the quarterfinals and semifinals did did the damage against Andy Hammer and, and, and Jim Long before going in to that final. And it's almost as if he grew in confidence because there was you could physically see a lot a lot of nerves in Henderson's game early on in the tournament, but the way he came through, especially the the early part of Sunday, he was the class act. Yeah, he's the thing is he's made a career and a very very successful career in darts, going into the majority, if not all, of tournaments being an underdog. He's come to the seniors and he's coming as favourites for the two TV tournaments he's played in. He openly admitted after the first one, we've spoke to him um, numerous times. He's been on floor events and won one of them. We had a chat with him. And straight away, his first sort of dota about the seniors is, I don't like being favourite, but does he explain so well, even though he's lost his thought? Though, coming into this weekend, it was very much a danger. And if we're being quite frank about his performances, up until Sunday, yes, he was favourite going into Sunday because he was tournament favourite anyway. But there was still wasn't as many people saying he wins it today because of probably that 
the run he had, obviously coming into Hamilton, who played um, well the previous day. We knew that Jim Lund was in some form. Um, to put in the manner of the performances he did in the quarterfinals and semi-finals, I see what you were saying early on, Phil, about Tolling not being a TV player. I gave him more of a chance. However, because of how Hendel performed quarterfinals and semi-finals, it was all around the start. And the fact that Hendel got a good start, um, that confidence just continued to grow on Sunday. Oh, yeah, 100%. And look, the way he struggled on tops early on, but when he starts finding that, you know you've got problems because he's just a machine. They've all got something about their game as they wouldn't have been there at some point in their career, would they? But he put it together more frequently than anybody else when it mattered. He he got through tense early couple of days, like Lee said. It took him a while to get used to the temperature, the lights, and, and be up on that stage because the, the ceiling is not very high up, which is complete contrast to what he would have been used to. Even if you're playing Reds at, on stage two at Minehead, you still got more room and space to move about. And John's a big guy. <laughs> He's a lot closer to those lights than a lot of other people as well. So Look, it took him a while to get settled up there. Once he finally did, he showed his pass. So now that he's got his foot in the door and won one, we could see a, a Leonard Gates style run from him, a Robert Thornton style run in year one. Like it's up to people now to go and beat John Henderson, and he's going to take some beating. And I would also add to that, Dob, that the two standout names probably from this weekend, if you're looking back in mum's time, I don't know if John Henderson and Lisa Ashton, the one that Lisa's made, John going on to lift the title. And the key word that stands out for both of those, for me, is composure. Because Henderson's a rhythm player, obviously, with a rock. Lisa Ashton is very, very quick. But at times this weekend, where you don't see very often, Henderson took a step back, even with his third dart. Lisa Ashton, if she wasn't comfortable, did the same or approached the board, wasn't in the right position and took that time. Yes, it didn't happen too many times, but at times they took that moment to compose themselves and it, it, it paid dividends in the end, especially for Jordan. Yeah, completely. Um, let's hear from John a second and then we'll discuss some more. I load it up. Let's play the... Why? And oh, there it is. Oh, I'm absolutely buzzing. Uh, I never thought I'd hear this feeling in darts again. When I won the World Cup with Peter, I thought that was it for me. And then losing my tour card and getting the opportunity to play in this, this, this is right up there with it. Honestly, it means a hell of a lot to me. Uh, just, God, I'm, so, I'm tired now. But no, to win that, honestly, absolutely over the moon. You say about being it right up there, obviously, winning the World Cup for Scotland is one thing, it's playing for your country, but you're part of a team. But to do this for yourself yeah. must mean so much. Oh, definitely. Uh, was, as I said, it was a great accolade to, to win that uh, World Cup with Peter, but to win this on my own doing, it was fantastic. And I, I feel as though I haven't played my A game, but it, I did the right things at the right time, and I think that's the only reason why I've won this. And I just kept, kept on going, kept on pushing them, and oh, thank, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the smile says it all. 
I'm just thinking he's listened to way too many winners' interviews. I did the right thing at the right time. It's sort of the Bindo approach of ticking it off if someone says it or Martin. Uh, that's why I was laughing at the line. But what a die. The, the one potential negative from a, a senior's point of view with Hendo winning it, unlike last year's champion Robert Thornton made no qualms, I'm coming back to defend this. Hendo again was adamant that I don't want to come back and defend this next year. And this is just this is this isn't just for the seniors, this is in general for anything. I don't think it's a particularly good look for any tournament, regardless whether it's darts or whatever, if the defending champion isn't there to defend their crown the next year. But he's adamant he wants to be back on that tour. Might well be, but Thornton was adamant year one that he wants to be back on that tour and he came straight back to defend that trophy year two. So, look, a year is a long, long time. It's been two years since Hendo had his tour card. There is a lot of money to be won on the World Seniors Darts Tour, especially now that next year's is worth £50,000 to the winner. Right? It's not about the money for Hendo. Great chance to go and win it. No, it might not be. It might be about the lifestyle and travelling and going and proving that he's still at that level. But actually, when it comes down to it, when you are at Hendo's age, comfortable, fine, but the chance to win major titles on TV for a serious amount of money, he's in a great position where he is. If, if he goes and gets the tour card back, fine, brilliant. He's, he's still young enough. He's still pl- clearly got plenty in the tank. We've seen him go from Q school straight to Portsmouth and, and whatever else, right? He's clearly got the stamina to go and compete on the, the gruelling PDC tour that the likes of Steve Beaton are deciding that they haven't got anymore. And actually, he might rock up there in a year and decide, well, I don't have that in me anymore, but look, it can't be helped. The PDC are still the epitome of darts at the moment, and that is where players aspire to be. But if he's not, nobody's going to turn him down and say, oh, no, you didn't want to be here, so you're not going to be there. He'll be there as defending champ. Oh, yeah, no, I get it. But I just, that's me, not just the seniors in general. I just don't think it's a good look if any defending champion isn't there to defend their title in whatever sport, regardless yeah. of, of what it is. Yeah, in an ideal world, it would, it would be... For the world seniors in an ideal world, not for John, he'd be back there in 12 months' time defending yeah. that title. Um, however, there is obviously a certain Steve Bean who was there the weekend. There is other names who are, if Endo is to be a Tortard holder, there's probably a few who are in that plus 50 mark other than a switch round. Ideally, you'd like to say your reigning world champion would always be there to defend. The other part of Hendar winning, the motivation for Robert Thornton in 12 months time was probably lifted that little bit more. Yes, they are very good friends. Robert was there supporting him through the poor finals, I want to say. Um, but I think this spurs everyone on uh, a little bit more, that the quality that Hendar has shown. Um, and it's shown the players who are 32 down, let's say, in the PDC. What an opportunity there is elsewhere. There's... What Hendo's done is won 30,000, but as you've alluded to, Jack, next year is an extra 20,000 more. And people will fancy their chances going at that field. Yeah, we've we'll, 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 got we'll, a response, by the way. Thornton literally told me in the lobby on Sunday when he popped in to watch the quarterfinal, I'm having the next one. He's ready to go for Blackpool already. He was flying, he was going straight down to, to Portsmouth for this week's double trouble uh, in the Moda Super Series. But he's like, I want, I want the next one. I'm, I'm going to go win it. I want. That like he's already fired up and ready to go. So Thornton, we'll, we'll get onto his game shortly. Knows that 
he's let one go there against Andy in the last 16, I think is the fairest way to say it. He's not happy with it, and he's going to go and fight back. But the fact that it's Henderson, of all people, that is won the trophy, one, it'll be delighted for him, but two, that will be the motivation to go, actually, pal, you've kept it in Scotland for now, but I'm having it back. Um, yeah, Chris, yeah, Lakeside's a prime example of that. Um, we can't, The rule changed. It's not the seniors thing. It's a PDC thing. If Hendo gets his card, he's not allowed to play. He's the, um, the one. From a promotional aspect as well, it's like, come win. You're still good enough. The world champion is now good enough to go and be a PDC tour card holder again. There's ways to spin it. Um, evening, Paddy. Um, we have to discuss Phil. Um, before we touch on the changes for next year's seniors. Um, Phil Taylor's last, last ever world championship ended in massive disappointment. And where are we with, with Phil at the moment? Because it's his swan song, it's his, it's his farewell year. But right now, should he just go now? Because I, I said this to you on the, the Pro Tour stream, God, but I never thought I'd see the day when the players are saying, I want to play Phil Taylor, not because I'm playing Phil, because right now they see him as cannon fodder and the easiest opportunity to get to the next round. And the, the problem about right, the problem is that look, even after the announcement we're going to talk through soon, the, the initial response from a lot of the tour players and some around it was good. It needs to make that transition where this is competitive. It's not invites and an exhibition or however you want to look at it. Um, but Phil has been a massive part of why the seniors dance tour has been able to get off the ground. He is the big name, the recognizer one, and the one that the broadcasters, production companies and, and the like so far have wanted to see. The, the disappointing thing is that he's got this final year now. He's going to be in every event and people are still going to want to see Phil play, but they want to see Phil play somewhere a bit above the level that he produced this weekend. And, and that's on Phil, ultimately. He's been given the opportunity and the platform. He didn't have to come out of retirement, no. But he chose to. He chose to to be a part of this product and project for a couple of years now. And he's made promises in the last couple of years that he put the effort in and Made two finals in the first year. I don't want to be beaten in the final. I don't want this. I don't want that. I'm going to keep practicing. I'm going to keep practicing. Saw him Wednesday afternoon in the venue. Feel you've been practicing? Not as much as I should have been. I can't do it like I used to. That, the, the question of the, what nets for sort of Phil is, is on Phil. Yes, he can put in the hours of practice. I know we said there to you, Jack, he probably can't do as much. But if Phil practices and puts the time in, there is still a certain level, a very, very competitive getting to finals level that Phil can achieve. Would he be able to beat John Henderson at his best? And we didn't see his best this weekend. That's probably a no. However, what Phil can do if he puts time into it is certainly be competitive and go deep into these tournaments. However, what he should do after we come off stage on Friday, my first thought was, if that's what we're going to see, hopefully this is the last time we see him because it's a discredit to himself, is my is my thought on it. Because he doesn't want to turn up to another free TV events and be 
the average doesn't really matter, but the performance, the the darts, he, some of them his misses are so far away. It's just just not the the Phil Taylor that we're all used to knowing, loving, watching, wanting to be like. Um, so for me, it's more around what Phil wants to do because the talent in there is quite harsh in the sense of we've just had a world championship. When I say harsh, I mean harsh for Phil. Is that we've just had a world championship, but in five weeks is our next TV event. Phil's got to put time in then if he doesn't want to have that feeling then because it just doesn't feel right if he leaves the stage in November and he's had a year ere it started. So it's all down to Phil what he wants to do. But hopefully he has that drive to perform or he made another decision. I don't think he would, but that's the alternative. I guess the hope is that whilst this, it is harsh, he has got five weeks now and these are pretty close together. So if you're going to put some time in, put some time in in the five weeks, go to Blackpool, which is his spiritual home or whatever. He, he absolutely loves it in Blackpool. You think of many world match play titles, he's one up there. And then he's got the best part of five, six months off. The second half of the TV events this year are October, November, because there's the Olympics, because there's the Euros on. So he's got a break. <laughs> playing consistently through that, you can play a little bit and build up so that you're ready for those two. He has to put the six weeks working before those two and then keep it ticking over for those two. Like he's got a five week period now where a couple of two sessions a week, just, just get used to it because I said this to Phil earlier, he's never going to change the shape of his barrel right now. He's, he's too entrusted with that shape and that dart, but the margin for error with Phil Taylor's darts when you throw them is so small, which means you have to be so on it. And he's just not. It's why his misses look so, so big. Because if he's off by that much, if, if he's off as much as I am with that, he's off by that. They just go all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Chris, the average was 74.53. Evening, Mace. Hope you are good, mate. Good to see you the weekend. Um, so, moving on. The tour changes. Going to you can explain it better, Gob. I've got a couple of double-edged sword questions for you, which will be interesting in a minute. But the big, big changes for the seniors in terms of ranking and qualification. In terms of the 2025 World Championship, yeah, nothing's been announced for the rest of the season. Uh, but next year, uh, they are going to... Well, we're moving to a 24-man tournament. And the qualifying criteria has changed. For the last couple of years, it's been heavily reliant on invitations. Uh, as of next year, the current money list, which is used as a qualification route, uh, as of today, has become the official World Seniors Darts official ranking list. Uh, in doing so, uh, a lot more of the floor events now carry bigger prize monies or deeper prize monies so that players are rewarded for wherever they get to throughout the tournament. The top 12 players on that list uh, at the end of November will qualify for the World Senior Stars Championship in 2025. November is the final event of the season on the floor. Uh, following that, we're creating a brand new one-year order of merit list. Now, that is based off the points earned through the Open Series event sponsored by LP Metal Detecting and Target. We've already had nine of those this season. They took place on the qualifying weekend, the Friday night, the Saturday and the Sunday. And I think there's still at least... 15 more to come. I think it might be a lot more than that, to be honest. I've not done the exact count. Uh, players receive a point per win 
uh, for each match they win beyond the last 64 or a full round of fixtures in that one. Uh, the top four names on that one-year list, so that will run from January to November, uh, will then join the 12 players at the World Senior Stars Championship. So that's 16 of the players. Uh, World Seniors will then run three qualifiers over three weekends in Reading uh, next year once again. Uh, those three qualifier winners will join uh, 16 already announced, so that's 19. Uh, there's a new link up with the ADC, so you don't necessarily have to be a World Seniors Darts Tour member uh, to book your spot there, but there's a hope that players will now start moving between both organisations. Uh, ADC are going to run their own qualifier as well. Obviously, tour card members are, are more than welcome to go and play in that, and ADC members are more than welcome to sign up to the World Seniors Darts Tour, but one qualifier will be held on behalf of the ADC for a spot. Uh, and then they have retained four invitational spots for players uh, that perhaps are leaving the PDC tour next year. I think you can all guess that Steve Beaton might well be one of those after he announced live on TV that he'd be part of the seniors tour the following year. And a couple of others, if there's not four players leaving the PDC ranks, then you might see a few more decorated players um, that perhaps have busy work schedules or, or can't commit for one reason or another, or those ticket sellers perhaps that, that people online want to see that have got big fan followings, there is still four invitations there. So we've moved away from a heavily reliant um, invitation model to 20 out of the 24 spots being earned. Um, whilst fans might be slightly disappointed that some legends now aren't going to get those invitations, the move is in anticipation that those guys go up to the tour and it becomes one big tour. There's been a lot of talk from members, players, etc. even fans that it feels like two slightly separate tours, those that get the invitations and and those that turn up to the floor events, put the effort in, and, and now there's a chance for they, those to be more rewarded. Yeah, no, look, I, 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 I like the move. I, I, I genuinely do. But here's the, 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 the question I want to ask, that by doing this, and, and I agree with it, by the way, but I'm playing devil's advocate, like always, that by doing this, and for argument's sake, four big names drop off the tour next year that can't be ignored, and they take the four wild cards. So there's no wild cards left, and ticket sales bomb because of those invites and those big the, the other players aren't there. Where does that leave the product in terms like like we spoke earlier about it needing the, the, to, to sell tickets? It needs bums on seats to bring money in to, to improve everything. Is there a danger that it could fall flat for that also, reason? There's a danger that it falls flat because people don't want to see Phil Taylor chuck a 72 average anymore. Like it goes both ways, right? People are going to want to go and see what they want to go and see. And I think all event promoters right now will tell you that it's incredibly difficult to sell. Part of the reason it's been moved to a three-day event instead of a four-day event is those costs and one of the days we're cutting is one of the two days that traditionally doesn't sell tickets very well thursday's been a bit of a struggle sunday's been a bit of a struggle but we want the biggest crowd possible on a saturday night when the final takes place and, and that's now what it's going to be so look there is a possibility traditionally the, the sessions that have sold well have been retained within this move and it there's still no word on what happens with the rest of the tournaments throughout the year we've got the champion of champions we've got the Masters and the match play. This is just an announcement for the 2025 World Seniors Darts Championship where we want to prove who the best over 50 in the world is, not the best over 50 that everybody wants to 
see and cheer on from their bedroom, right? You get that risk with a PDC World Championship. Van Gerwen could get injured. Gerwin Price could break his arm and decide he's off to be a builder again. Luke Humphreys could drop out. Luke Little could be nowhere. And then you're going, well, where does that leave the product? Same with the World Series. We're sat there going, only certain people are going to sell tickets, but Premier League venues are sold out, right? So you have to build an atmosphere, and that's up to me, who's part of the promotion team and the marketing team and whoever else, to, to keep building this product. It's up to the players that are involved on the tour to build up their social media followings and their own commercial viability themselves and, and be that little bit more marketable. And it's it's up to the product to deliver a level that is good enough. Boise, he just said the words that he hates. They ca- they left his mouth. <laughs> I'm not upset. I'm disappointed with him. That's what it is. For him. The words commercial viability left Gob's mouth. <laughs> it made me sick. I'm not going to lie. It just didn't come out. That's it. <laughs> changed you have. You've changed. <laughs> 12 days out your house, you've changed. <laughs> 10 days, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> oh, Paul, no. No, well, uh, absolutely, absolutely no chance. You've made a move the other way, and now it's up to those players to respond. No way, Jack Darwood for PDC chairman. Not a chance. If three years ago you'd have sat here and said that Richie Housen, before the World Seniors Dart Store, is going to be one of the biggest ticket sellers and be one of the biggest draws, You'd have been laughed out of the room, but he's turned into that. Yeah. And it's up to more people now to go out and become Richie Housens. I'm just, I'm just asking the questions, that's all. Hmm. Keep asking them, man. I'll keep giving you the answer. Yeah, there is a risk, right? But there is also the fact that now this is the best over 50 in the world. There's a pathway there. You can go and stick that on your CV, 50 grand to the winner. People are going to want to see. And if that is, there's a bloody big carrot dangling in front of players now that perhaps have dropped off the tour or haven't committed to the floor events or have relied on those invitations. It's now up to them to go to the floor events and put themselves back in the hunt to go and get there anyway. The field could be exactly the same next year. There could be absolutely no debutant. Oh, yeah, 100% they could be. Yeah. But, but... It's a possibility. But it's also about making it attractive to others. As you said, Steve Beaton already made that call. Mervyn King's in decline. Simon Whitlock's approaching that age. Even Johnny Clayton's over the age of 50. I don't think he's about to walk away from the PDC anytime soon. But there's plenty out there. Raymond Van Barneveld, 50 grand is very attractive to a player who is muddling along and, and is desperate to win another world title or another title of some sort. There are plenty of dark players out there that would jump at the chance to win 50,000. Mental Sulevich, another. And it's about making the rest of the tour, either making an environment where they have to be there to go and earn that 50 grand, or they want to be there. Good stuff all round. That was the seniors side of it, but all in all, an exceptional tournament and congratulations to the Highlander, John Henderson, who adds that to his list. Obviously, we've spoken about Phil. Let's go to the other side, the uh, Premier League in full swing. But it was MBG who made it back-to-back wins. Um, but let's be fair. 
didn't play well this week, but still won it. Mr. Bars, this is definitely your turn to shine. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. You, you, you <laughs> that's that, that, that's not not a, not an issue at all. Um, look, we went to the first trip to Scotland, the Hydro in Glasgow. Um, sell out, unbelievable atmosphere. Li- literally one of the one of the bigger arenas, and it was sold out. Superb. Um, Mental note, though, game one, Rob Cross, Michael Smith. If you're going to do touristy things that in a city that has a huge divide, by all means, go and do them. But put them on your social media the day after the tournament. <laughs> um, Rob Cross obviously went to, to the Rangers game on the Wednesday, did, did the VIP and, and X, Y, and Z. And I'm sure he had an amazing time. However, when you stand at the top of the walk-on, and I'll tell you what, I don't know, he got, I don't know, chat room, let me know if it came across. He got absolute pouters for it. <laughs> it's just it's like... Not, when when we talk about all the stuff that players have done over the years, Durbin Price is probably a tier example Never been a fan's favourite apart from if he's in Wales. Doing all the stuff with the jerseys to make them specific to the city that they're playing in. To make the moves like that the day before, where you know that certainly devoid in the crowd, um, is I was about to say it's a strange move. It's not. Is it's just stupid? Yeah, but by all means, go and do it and have a great time. Not an issue with that, but just put it on your socials the day after. Because he, he literally was absolutely. <laughs> Counters from the crowd. Like, yeah, it wasn't a great game against Michael Smith, but um, it just it even was e- even if it was just in being at the match, I don't think it'd have been too bad. It's like the picture with the mascot, and he literally went all out as a Rangers fanboy for twenty four hours. Strange. Yeah. yeah, it was just like strange. Yeah, baffling. Um, but like, he, he got the better. Of Michael Smith wasn't wasn't a great game, but he was the better player. Um, MVG then beat Peter Wright. And if this was a strange game, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Both of them were crap. It was an awful game. And Peter will, Peter will look back, and we've got a clip to play in a minute, that Michael was there for the taking. Michael's only averaged 89, and he's won 6 2. Peter was very deluded in this clip. <laughs> That's my input, by the way. I barely saw a thing. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. You, you took the scene yourself. We saw glimpses of Humphreys playing and, and blah, blah, blah. But this clip is the epitome of delusion. Should we play it now before we go on then? Please. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, I was just going to let him down. You know, even though I was like 5 1 down, I, was, I thought, you know, if it clicks, because Mark was not on it. And I was, I was thinking, I could still win this game. You know, uh, I know where. I'm, you know where my game is, and it's like, uh, I don't know, I was just waiting for it to go ding, and I was ready. Uh, but, but you know, Michael probably would have stepped up as well as uh, if I started hitting something. We saw some real improvements from you on, on the Pro Tour in, in Wigan, some really good averages again, more like yourself. So does that make tonight even more frustrating because you know it's there? Yeah, yeah, you know, well, no, it was nowhere near on the, on the Pro Tour, to be honest. Uh, there was just like my, uh, my finishing 
got me out of sticky situations on the pro tour. Uh, but obviously my finishing there was absolutely, you know, wasn't, wasn't great. It was terrible to be honest. But it's you know, I was, you're not playing in front of ten thousand people <laughs> on the floor tournament, are you? So it's uh, you know, it's totally different. And you know, you're playing in, uh, in front of you, you know, your home crowd. It's you know, you've got that added extra pressure, and it's uh, it's it's hard to deal with to be honest. But. You know, but I felt great going up there. I felt uh, practice was going really good and stuff like that. But maybe in a couple of weeks it, it might start coming out properly. You know, in the Premier League, and you know, I know I'll, I'll finish in the top four definitely. <laughs> it was all going so well. It was all going so. It was other than that. It was a really good interview, right? He's, he's not quite delivered on the floor. He's gone back to the elements. He's He's rushed a couple of different dart jobs throughout the last couple of weeks. He's gone back to that. He's thrown more consistently. The averages are creeping up. Like he was right, his finishing got some out of trouble. He, at one point, he was in the competition conversation for a biggest one an award with these darts. But that can and will come back. But that very last line is just moronic. He's made the finals twice in 11 years. <laughs> and he started off as worse he possibly can. This format requires even more consistency than any of the previous ones. He's lost the plot. And I know you have to say those sort of things as sportsman, show you haven't given up and don't want to get bad, but you weren't making the top four, mate. It'd be lucky to make the bottom four, the form he's in. There's only eight players. <laughs> it, when, when, it, when the words left his mouth, I was a little bit, okay. Um, petrified of silence. So how how stupid a thing can I say before somebody cuts in and stops me or asks me another question or responds <laughs> to what I'm saying? Yeah, um, was funny. Uh, Nathan Aspinall against Luke Humphreys. Luke Humphreys turned up in Glasgow. This is the Luke Humphreys that won the world championship and three other TV tournaments at the back end of the last year. 105 average and, and, and was pushed. We'll come on to him a little bit more in a minute. Going Price beat Luke Littler in a last leg decider. And again, national media jumping on little things, creating stupidy clickbait things around Luke. At five all, I think it was 96, he's gone... For treble 20, obviously, single 20, and he's gone, tried to go double 18, double top, and he's gone outside on the double 18. And he was annoyed with himself. You know, when dark players beat themselves up, they give themselves a talking to, and then literally within 20 minutes. At one point this weekend, bro, I've never seen a man so frustrated. Yeah, and it was like, and then there was these stupid headlines about petulancy and whatever. It's like, can we just give the kid a him break, please. This the, is ridiculous. The problem is, is because of the amount of press he's had in what two months, which it's ridiculous to think of a darting world without Luke Littler in it as of how much press there's been in two months. That's all he's really been in the national media. From the darting world, we've been fully aware of the talents of Luke Littler to that to where he has done in the short spurt, spurt of time, maybe not, but. Everything that Luke does, whether it be what he eats, 
what sport is going to, his relationship status, anything whatsoever that that boy does is spoken about. If he's frustrated, it's in the media limelight. It's not good. However, this is the this is where the question marks were about Luke being in the Premier League too soon, because one bad day or three or four bad days, that's where we will see one is mental strength at such a young age, and two, the support he's got around him to make sure, from his perspective, he's just ignoring any sort of clickbait material that's going out or any way that's that's trying to get a reaction because that's what they're trying to do because. A 17-year-old in today's world, whether he's a superstar or not, he's very active on social media. So he's going to see all this. It's just making sure he's not reacting to that. I saw one the other day, and this sums up the British clickbait drive media for whatever, and it was Luke Humphreys hits the jackpot as partner agrees to marry him, and it was a photo of Luke Littler. Yeah. Nobody's proposed. Nobody's done anything. They've got the wrong Luke on the fucking headline. It was a joke. It's an absolute nightmare for him. And look, he's handled it really well up until this moment. Look, the stuff he got at the World Championships was bang out of order. And it's it's only going to continue to keep keep coming. Because at the moment, half the world is looking for news stories on Luke Littler and wants to know what he's up to and what he's doing. Look, the national papers and press are covering darts on a level that we've never seen before. GB News, literally, the kid can't sneeze without them writing a fucking article, and they're a disgrace of an outlet as it is. Keith Deller and that want to be a shame. Um, but it, it's just a joke right now. And like you said, look, one little slip is all it's taken for that. And the problem is, much like we saw with Fallon Cherrick, and we still see with Fallon Cherrick to this day, if we're being quite honest, the over-pushing will turn fans against them. Luke lost today. And the first comment I saw anywhere was, oh, my God, isn't it unreal what happens when he doesn't have a wall full of fans chanting and putting his opponent off? 17. Yeah, and he lost to a very good performance from Callum Ritz. Yeah. Not- <laughs> but apparently it's because he has everybody cheering for him in a venue that he's won whatever he's won. Yeah. Um and look, it was a good game. Gezi's averaged 96 and a half. Luke's averaged 97. Really good game. He's gone for a double-double miss. Got annoyed with himself like any dark player does. We see Gezi do it. We see Michael do it all, all, all the time. And it's just like, please, can we just get some thing? Like the, the worst one was last week, Sport Bible, when he lost to Radek Sadansky. The headline was... Unranked shot, Polish bus Unranked bus Polish lorry, a bus driver. It's like, come on now. And that's that's the downside of him being picked. It would have been easier for him to not pick him, but we'd have missed out and we'll that would have so much brilliance from Ludlitla. The the petulance on stage we probably associate with a Michael Smith first coming into the game and that sort of but we had moments this weekend. Jack, you'll probably remember who it was, who sort of just flipped the dart and threw it out the board in the seniors and ended up leaving themselves on five. Um, I can't remember who it was who did it. Who? And Robert Thornton in the last to Andy Hammond. Yes. And it's like, that is someone who's... Two, 
that's someone who's two times seen his world champion at the time and still defending that title. So that can happen for a sportsman to do something like that. It, it, it should happen. You should be better than that on stage, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it was a really good game in case he come out on top. Um, the two semi-finals, uh, MVG beat uh, Rob 6-4. Again, it was a game that MVG controlled throughout. Uh, Luke Humphreys, again, another ton average to beat Gerwin Price. Um, and then the final, Luke Humphreys has averaged a ton, but lost in a last leg decider to to MVG. And Luke Humphreys, this is one that he'll be scratching his head how this one got away because he was the better player. But as Michael says so often, I did the right things at the, at the right times and then... And bits like that. We've got two clips to play. We'll, we'll discuss these and then. Right, we'll do Michael first. I do love a bit. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to switch off. I'll probably switch off tonight, to be fair. <laughs> but I still won somehow. But uh, no, I always believe in my own ability. And I think when my performance was strong today, the gameplay, the way how I finished it, the way how I put the, uh, the people under pressure on the right moments. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And sometimes you can see that's important as well. Is that a worry for everyone else? The fact that you're now three points clear at the top, back to back wins, and you're not playing your best? Maybe. But yeah, you can be ask the other guys. I don't want to do too many interviews because then I have to tell other players what to do. Mm, not really. They didn't really test me, did they? <laughs> He's back to. um playing with them in the media, shall we say. They didn't really test me. I've won and they've not bothered me. I don't want to keep doing interviews because I have to tell the I have to tell them how to do better. It's only week three and he started, isn't he? Hmm. This, this is bored the... by week ten. <laughs> <laughs> it I think it, this is now not about Michael for a few weeks. It's where Michael is, Tom, April, May time. And I don't mean that for the Premier League. I mean about his success going into the end of 2024. This to, for, to be a successful year for Michael has got to see multiple TV events. And we've seen now that he's able to beat these numerous times in the Premier League. But it's making sure he progresses and moves that on into the year. Um, but I am with Dob. Might that a bit boring by week 10. Oh, yeah, 
away with it up until week 10. Like, don't get me wrong, we have seen some very good performances from him. I think we've also seen very average performances from him in this Premier League campaign so far. Yeah, he's been in all three finals, isn't he? He's just two of the last three. Sorry, I didn't make the first one. Um, tough part of the draw this week. We'll, 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 we'll come on to that in a minute. But yeah, he's, he's playing with them already. Um, interesting one from this was this was a good one from Luke Humphreys as well and we'll play it and then we'll discuss yeah a little bit but it was important for myself to play well um, everybody sort of on I think it was Tuesday saying that I'm written off and worst world champion so I just wanted to come out and play well that's what I really wanted to do uh, you know I was quite unlucky not to win that in the end I think that I threw really nice darts to go five to up there but uh I didn't go in that start, so um, I'm proud of the way I played today. It was, it was much, much better consistently, um, and I'm, I'm where I want to be in the top four. Not really, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really that frustrated. I'm just, you know, obviously disappointed to lose, but that's the starts, isn't it? You know, we can't always win every game we play. Um, you know, I think Michael played really well. Um, you know, I think Nathan played fantastic against me as well. He was very unlucky uh, to lose that game. But yeah, just you know, you, I understand the pressures of being world champion. You, everybody, you know, every game you lose, whether it's you know the Ian White game on Monday, I got you know fairly beaten, and everybody gets on your back, and it, you know it, it can become tiresome. You know, I've not not to sound you know downbeat, but I've not had sort of a long, long lot of time off since September, so I do feel tired. Um, but I, I'm, I'm working through it. I'm turning up every time. I'm, I'm still turning up and trying to try my best, and uh, you know I'll continue to keep doing that. Well, you're paying, Lukey boy. So, the first time though, he's had a he's had a bit of a bite back at the the criticism and unfair criticism he's he's had as well from certain elements of the of the media. Yeah, frankly ridiculous. And you've got to feel for Luke as well because, like in interviews he's done so far, he says he doesn't mind about the attention that that Luke Little is getting, but. I think if you've worked so hard and for so long to achieve something and you do it and then all the attention is elsewhere, you will be a little bit good. Some people say that winning the World Championships in the last couple of years isn't what they thought it would be. You don't feel any different in the moment afterwards in the next day. But actually, I think Luke's been robbed of a little bit more of that than anybody else in the last few years as well. So there is that element. Yes, Luke Littler is therefore shouldering a lot of that and the attention and Humphreys can go about his life as he wants. But there are other benefits that come with being world champion, things like sponsorship deals. How is Littler signing a deal with one of the biggest clothing lines in the country over the world champion, for instance? Like That's the sort of things that should be coming to Luke Humphreys, who is the perfect role model, by the way. I, I think that can benefit him long-term, though, Dob. The rest of each year. In this moment, it's it's very difficult as a human being to not begrudge what's going on after when when something's supposed to go a certain way and it's gone a certain way for so many others, and then it happens to you and it goes differently. There's a there's a it's it's human nature to feel aggrieved a little bit. Yeah, possibly, but that's the nature of the beast. We've seen it in so many other sports that not necessarily the best sportsman gets the best commercial deals. Yeah, but even then, I'm not even sure 
not a, like you said, not the best sportsman gets the best commercials, but Humphrey should be mega. He should be absolutely massive. Right, he's proof that the system works. He started his way in a development tour, worked his way all the way up, former World Youth Champion. He's changed his image around because he's gone and lost a shed load of weight and realised that actually this sport now is about being an athlete, not your stereotypical pub chucker. He's openly spoken about mental health and battled through that. He's a young person. He's got a young family. He's got a great image. He speaks really well. He plays the game brilliantly. Doesn't get involved in any drama or call anybody else. He carries himself incredibly well. He is the perfect image to go and be your world number one and world champion. He is your perfect poster boy. And yet, in the nicest way possible, there's a 16-year-old kebab-beating TikToker that's taken it all from him. Yeah, that might be a bit harsh on Littler, but do you know, like, if you look at it at that level... Saying the nice, nicest way possible and then saying something like that means absolutely nothing, by the way, Dom. I know. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I see that. I, I think from a like I said, from a from a long term regarding this year, I think that would benefit Luton Humphries. Just the pressure of being world champion we've seen Michael Smith, the obvious candidate last twelve months just didn't go for Michael Smith. And yes, he took a different approach to being world champion than we'll see from Luton Humphries. But I think that would help Luton Humphries look at the match play in July the attention is not going to be on the world champion where I can't think of another year where it hasn't been. So they're the sort of times where Humphreys needs to take, um, take advantage of not being publicised as much as you are normally as a world champ. It's interesting. It, it, it is. But look, that's the nature of the beast. In In any sport that that that's the nature of it that's what it is now it's not about the best sportsman i know you love sport to be pure gob but it's not anymore no. and this is a, this is a case in point no but if we go back to look, in terms of being rewarded commercially no but in terms of the opposite end of it and the abuse and the messages and stuff that Humphreys has had in the last few weeks as well. Saying that's the nature of the beast for me is wrong. It shouldn't be. It should, it should never be acceptable to, to do things like that. And I know well, that's not what meant, but I think we I need to address that. But again, that's the society. With anything like that, you're an absolute moron. But that, that's the society that we live in. And it's wrong, by the way, and I agree. But that's the point where social media companies have to do more. That there has to be a consequence for someone to go on... The, Whatever you type to anyone, there has to be a consequence, but there's not because you can set up multiple accounts and just have an egg as your profile picture. There's no consequence to that. Social media accounts should be like having a gambling account where you have to prove who you are to have that account so there is some accountability. But until that happens, there, there won't be. I could set up a Twitter account now I'm just going to go and abuse you for the next hour. Don't need that... a Twitter account for that. <laughs> but do, do you see what I mean? That that that's a society we live in. There, there is no accountability on social media. People can write whatever they want with no consequences. You wouldn't say some of the things that you see. You wouldn't say in person because you get punched. 
But because you're behind a keyboard with, with, with nothing there, people can think they can do what they want. Maybe. Uh, and I agree. It is Matt Potter was right. Maybe we are all just keyboard warriors. <laughs> um, but we move on. And this week we are on the banks of the tune as we hit Newcastle for night four. The Utilita Arena is this week's destination. Gents and Gob, you'll be pleased there's no flags this year. Too right. Mm. Nothing against Chris. I just, if you're going to set a rule, stick to the rule. I'm going to stick to the rule. What is that rule? No football colours. They wear them in Holland. I don't agree with that either. <laughs> it did look good though. Just let it happen everywhere then. Let me rock up to Liverpool Premier League in Liverpool shirt. No, do I do that? No. Well, I wouldn't let you either. You're an idiot. <laughs> um, but you said that always a good venue, always a good atmosphere. The four quarterfinals, Michael Smith takes on Nathan Aspinall, Luke Humphreys, Rob Cross, Luke Littler, Peter Wright, and Jerdwin Price plays Michael Van Gerwen. Before we dissect them, which tie are you looking forward to the most? Michael Smith, Nathan Aspinall, because Nathan Aspinall is getting away with the fact that his name's not being mentioned about having a poor start to this Premier League because of Peter Wright. The fact that someone's got zero points after three weeks would normally get spoken about a little bit more. And Asp has played very well the last two weeks in four legs, five legs, whatever it's been, and then dips significantly. Now's the time he's got to prove his worth. And actually, the flip side of that is Michael Smith has started the season very well. Um so that's probably for me the one that stands out with a bit more intrigue than the other three. Yeah, there's there's huge intrigue around that tie, and it is on first as well. And yeah, look, Peter Wright's form has maybe deflected away from Nathan Aspinall, but I feel Nathan's getting better. I thought he played well last week, so I'm not concerned yet. No, I'm not concerned, but he played well against Michael Van Derwin for the first four leads, or three or four leads, averaging 108, seven, eight, um, in the early stages. That one in week two, and then collapsed. It's similar to Lou Tom Fries. Yes, Lou played very, very well. Um, and it's not, that, it's not that I'm worried about Nathan Aspinall yet. However, this is a must win, because... He then goes into the following week against Peter Rice, and you don't really want to be down into week five with both players on zero. I think you need something out of this week. This week, Nathan, has he got spanked today. Cannot get anything going anywhere else. We know full well that winning breeds confidence, and he's not doing an awful lot of winning right now. He's been competitive in the matches we've seen him play in the Premier League without getting the results. So, look, we know that he, he thrives on that atmosphere. He's been very good in the years that he has played in the Premier League. He's made the top four for the most of them. But he's just not getting results right now. And, look, we said by week four or week five, if Luke Littler hasn't got a, a win, then we'd be questioning his inclusion. 
we're going to get to that point with Nathan Aspinall, despite the fact he won the match playing Peter Wright very, very soon. Because at the minute, it's looking like the only time either of them are going to pick up points is when they play each other. Yeah. Um, right, let's run through them. So first up, Michael Smith against Nathan Aspinall. What are we saying? Asp, that's the win. Sits for. Oh. Smith. I've gone Asp 6-4 as well. Smith 6-4. Next, Luke Humphreys against Roberto Cross. I've done... Mine are already down, so I've done 6-3 Luke Humphreys. I've gone six four Luke Humphreys. Gob? Six four cross. Littler against right. I'll let you the first gob. Luke Littler six, Peter Wright three. Let's sit. Peter Wright, zero. Luke Littler, six. Peter Wright, four. I think it'll be closer. Uh, MBG Price. Halfway. MBG, sits free. Going price six, Van Gerwen five. I have also gone six five, but I've gone six five to MVG. So, who wins in Newcastle? Um, tall hand and Lou Humphreys sits. Mr. Boohoo, Luke Littler, four. Going Price beats Rob Cross, 6-3. Luke Humphreys beats Going Price, 6-4. so that was the Premier League for this week. Right, I know it's been spoken about in the chat room um, and it was on the list to bring up, so we'll bring it up anyway. Obviously, the news has come out on Twitter today that Jack Main has received a suspension. We knew that he'd been charged when it was to ban suspension, same thing. You can't play. Suspension um, is under investigation. Ban is a fixed period of time. But yeah, carry on. So the DRA news says this. 
On the 11th of December 2023, the DRA disciplinary committee heard a case against Jack Main, where he was charged with fixing an outcome of a match with Lisa Ashton played on the 9th of June 2023 at the Motor Super Series event. The committee found that he breached the DRA rule 2.12 and 2.13. On the 9th of February, the committee uh, released the decision. The sanctions on Jack Main has been suspended from attending or competing in DRA governed events until the 31st of December 2025 and pay costs of £762.41. pence. He has the right to appeal the decision to the disciplinary commission. A short time ago, Jack Main has posted on his Twitter. I will read the response. We have three of the faces with the zip across the mouth. I'll keep my head high, knowing I haven't done anything wrong, knowing there is no facts, I'll come back stronger. A statement will be coming from myself, if I'm allowed, but until then, I won't be commenting. Obviously, my name is already highlighted. He also responded to a live darts tweet saying, ask them to provide the evidence after I provided everything I could. Ask them what I've been banned for, also... Uh, fact probability I will continue to say I'm not guilty so that is, that's it um, Jack Main has been suspended that's the official words on the Dara web website um, he is still maintaining his innocence and by that I'm guessing he's going to appeal I, I, I would suggest from from that, but let's let's see what happens. Not good. No, look, it's it, it's obviously not, and we know there are another two cases that are being investigated. That there's still no news from the DRA. So and, until there is, we won't comment any further on them. Um, it's one thing that will add. It's not good. Totally agree. However, hopefully the fact that there is you now totally two active cases and one potential appeal going on the basis of a response means that with these cases being active, it will hopefully make sure that it's not done again because you know what will happen if people are guilty of such actions. We've seen it have an impact on a few players now and hopefully we don't see any more. Yeah, look, sadly... It's just a deterrent and the only way it becomes a bigger deterrent after we've already seen McKinstry and Nyman's already back playing is bigger punishment. We don't want that in sport. And look, most of these are taking place at the Moda Super Series and these will continue to be punished if that's the sort of thing you're going to attempt to do while you're there. Yeah, look, we've seen it in other sports. Snooker last year had a, had a massive issue with top players doing it, major winners doing it. We've seen it with established international cricketers. It's it's sadly creeping into sport, which is not good. No, especially as, whether we like it or not, a lot of revenue in sport is generated by gambling companies. As positive as the move away in darts 
was from bookmakers as headline sponsors for the PDC and Kazoo coming in, that was only because Kazoo offered a shed load more cash. There are only so many businesses in the world prepared to offer the sponsorship levels that bookmakers can offer. And if people keep taking advantage of the multiple markets out there that you can bet on in play and live and that people want to get involved on by spot fixing, match fixing, fixing an outcome, whatever, then that will slowly go away. Yeah. And look, it it is a sad day, but I suppose the plus thing to take from this is the system is working because they are being caught. I'm not saying that anything, but that should also be the deterrent that saying, look, you're not going to get away with this because the system is catching them. Yeah, but let's be honest, it's it's just pure greed, isn't it? It's people seeing an opportunity to make even more money of what they earn from being in a some of these a privileged position um and it's just it's just pure greed um if found guilty yeah um but that is that one uh pro talk today ryan Searle made it to his third final and this time he's over the line. He beats his practice partner and friend, Gary Anderson. So, first of all, congratulations to Heavy Metal. What a start to the season he's had. But right now, Gary Anderson and Ryan Searle, what a start they've had to the season. The statement needs to be beyond that. Right now, they are two of the most informed players in the world. And yes, yeah. it is just a small sample of data right now, but the consistency and the level that they're producing on the floor right now is better than 60% of the Premier League players. 100%. So, it's been incredible. And to probably add to it, we talked about the Premier League and so many games up and over and over again that we get bored of seeing. We all want to see Ryan Searle, Darren Anderson, Dorothy even more, which is very strange because we keep sitting here doing, I don't want to see Luke versus Luke six times as much as it can produce and as much as it gives you this and that. Right now, Anderson, Ryan Searle, let's be honest, if it's a Pro Tour final tomorrow, we know it's going to deliver because it has done already a couple of times. So, um, Ryan Searle's just in incredible form. I know the pair of you have debated already around Searle picking up a title a TV title this year, but what a way to start the year. I don't know what's more... I think it's more impressive that he's got to three finals. That is that is a huge achievement at the start of the year. Yeah, also, Gary Anderson broke the record for 180s in a, in a Pro Tour day. 41 maximums he's hit today. Another day at the office for Gary, isn't it? Fair to say the new darts are working. We spoke about this earlier. I'm going to get Boyce in on the equation and chat room as well. Does Gary Anderson win a TV tournament in 2024? Mm, so easy to say no. No, he doesn't. 
I'm going to stick with you. There's no doubt we finish. You'll know he doesn't. And then I, it's it's the fact that Darry Anderson's form to being spurts, and we've seen it on the floor. We've seen him have a, a dud year last year. But still, they're into that final or winning one of these TV tournaments. I'm assuming by TV, you're not you're not on about Euro tours, Phil. You're on about proper sort of major TV. Euro tours TV now, really. Did BBC um, televised title? No, he doesn't. Cheers, Rob. It's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> How about Dave? Cheers not to win today. He walked one leg. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Gob? Does Gary? Uh, I'm going to say no with the anticipation. I hope that he does. Like, it's not very often I admit to just say, yeah, I want to be wrong, but I want to be wrong about this one. But I don't want to get hurt by believing that he is going to. Oh, I think uh, he does. A free-flowing Gary is magnificent. Delight to watch. He gets on with it. He plays the game in the right way when he's up on the hockey. You can argue or give your opinion on his moaning or whatever else you want to call it as, as much as you want. But for me, he's one of the greatest that ever lived. He's so natural, so brilliant. And him playing well is fantastic for the sport. Like 41-180s. You just love to see that form. But it's can he go and produce it? four or five times in a day on TV, not in a day, in a week or whatever. To win the, the Grand Slam would be perfect. The one he absolutely wants. I think he does. I think he wins one. I've got the, the hope. The, these levels at the minute are ridiculous. It's... You tie up and round the corner. Then it's a bit of a gap as well before we're back on TV. I'm not sure. I think it's picked up a couple of Euro Tour events, but I'm not convinced it's a it's a TV one. He's in right now. If this carries on for another month in this kind of form, he has a very deep run at the UK Open. Maybe wins a Euro Tour. If you're the PDC, are you asking the question? about the World Series because we know Michael's not going to Australia. There aren't many people that can replace Michael in terms of stature, fans' favourite, X, Y and Z, but Gary is one of them. Richie Nelson. And that. (laughs) Do Do you ask the question? Do you test the water? Yeah, because you can get rid of Peter Wright at the same time. <laughs> and you, then you've got your token, Scott. <laughs> Win-win all around. Oh, well, series, yeah, look, the worry I've got is that he's going to be back playing on the Euro Tour as well this year. If he wins the Euro Tour, I'll be buzzing for him. Um, don't push it. Don't overdo it. But I just said, you test, you test the ball. It's brilliant. If you ask the question, ask the question once. Don't ask the yeah. question five, six, seven times going, actually, we really want you and, and keep going back with different offers because all you do is agitate the man. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play. If, if he does, he'll tell you. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't dip it. You just test the water and ask the question. Yeah. 
For a World Series, yeah. For the Premier League next year, no. Depending no. on what it depends on what he does. You, we, you, can't, you can't say no if he then does on and wins the world championship. Well, no, no, you have to ask the question, but then what? Yeah. Not put pressure on him because he's a world champion to go and play because he won't enjoy it and he'll rebel against it. Well, it, it, it's interesting that obviously commented there that they haven't announced the US field yet, which I find interesting. Because normally we've got it by now. So I'm intrigued. Will Harry's it be trying to make them take more players? Because that's what he's got to do for the sake of each tour. Too soon. That was a funny. Too soon. I know it's all over social media, so he can't <laughs> ignore it. It was. It was funny. Um. If you're taking them out, who are you taking to New York then? Littler, Humphreys, Van Gerwen, Price, Smith, Gary, Bunting. I'm going to stop you there because you have to put Aspinall in because he's in the top four in the world. Nathan Aspinall. <laughs> so, so I'm going to stop you there. The young got a choice in that one. He he is in. Who 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 would want or who should be or who well, will be? Sorry, that's not a rule in the World Series. Yeah, it's top four in the top four in the world get picked for the World Series if they get offered it. You said if they get offered it. Well, if you ain't gonna get, I am not. I'm not offering it to Nathan Aspinall. Not playing well enough. Go and play better on a pro tour, and I'll take you. Well, the the PDC off the top four in the world get offered the World Series. Right, you worded that badly, but I'm declining his offer on my behalf. Uh, and we are taking. Who should we take instead? Rob Cross. For me, I would I wouldn't put Rob Cross into in the Premier League. I would Dell, like I said, on who I would like to see now, I would add Bunting, I would have Dolby, I would have Dan Dell. Uh and this year's Andrew Dildin from the UK Open and then your top four. MVG I'm not in Virginia, he's not doing Humphreys, Littler, Smith and Aspinall. But it's not, it's the, let's be honest, it'll be the prem, six of the Premier League, seven of the Premier League. And Littler. And Johnny maybe. Depending on what he does between now and then. I've got I've got a horrible feeling it's going to be the Premier League eight, and it's just like Bleh. it will be the Premier League eight with the exception of Michael if Michael's not going. No, Michael Michael's doing New York. He's not doing Australia. Oh, yeah, Premier League eight then. Yay! Let's watch him play for a fourteenth time in three weeks. Yeah, but the UK audience will be asleep because when it's on, so no matter. 
I'm happy. <laughs> uh, returned to form today, and he told us in Denbos that the injury was on the mend, and we've seen signs that Dirk has turned a corner. Some good stuff today from the Aubergine. Just getting to the top six, the last 16. Lost with a tan average to Luke Littler. There are signs that Dirk is on the men, Japs. He put on his Instagram, was it last week? He had nine as well. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a dud sign because the worry was it was only going to be a downward spiral for Dirk. Um, so if we can see him back playing, which we know how dangerous he can be on the Pro Tour. Uh, we've seen many, many deep runs. It's certainly a positive because he's one who's been in conversations around Premier League, who's been in conversations about World, Senior, um, World Series events. So if we can let Dirt back to throwing as many 180s as we've seen him done mental on days before, um, that's only a positive. And let's be honest, it's not the bad way to lose, is it? To lose it at the minute. No, no, absolutely. And look, there was some more today. Steve Lennon, Danny Noppert getting to quarterfinals. Callum Rids getting to a semi-final. It's been, been a good day as people return to form. Yes. What you said. <laughs> <laughs> He's still thinking about the World Series, isn't he? It's getting late now, isn't it? I'm dead. Um... I'm thinking about the World Series, but I'm thinking for the other ones, not necessarily New York, but which part of the draw they put Damon Hatter and Simon Whitlock in. I think Damon Hatter will go as a PDC player. Simon Whitlock will go the other side. Which means at least somebody's getting left home. Unless they put the Premier League 8 in everything, then suddenly Damon Hatter is floating in the other half of the draw. And no, then MVG, MVG, MVG's not going. So, do we see an American or a Canadian in New York? Did we miss that? Oh, they'll be oh, on the yeah. other side. They'll be on the yeah. other side, won't they? Yeah. Um, Scottish Open this week. Why have they disappeared from Dark Connect? I don't know. Today's Pro Tour results weren't there for a while, and neither were the seniors from the weekend. So you got the no, not WSTC, WDF. Must be doing an update. Oh, mine are there. Mine are there, yeah. That four billion events, though. Do you just open them and close them or scroll miles? Yeah, normally you just go to matches and they're all there. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't see any of it, just saw on obviously social media a uh, lot of it. Uh, Dave Prince getting to a final, getting to a final and missing match darts. That's did he, did he miss match what? darts as well? Yeah, he, I'm trying to think. We were sat with Derek at the time, was we just on this tour? I mean, Dave, yeah. um, Glenn Parsons missed darts. Dave Prince chucked in a 180 to leave 12, missed three, and then Parsons came back and cleaned it up, I want to say. Um, so, yeah, that's, that is literally that little section of that last leg was all I saw. 
of uh, anything on Dark Death to follow him. But yeah, Glenn Parsons come through the classic. And then yeah. the Open was won by Darren Robson. It's been a while since Gary Robson was, the, was there or thereabouts. Um, in the Scottish Classic Women's Single Event was won by Aileen DeGraff. And the other one was won by Fallon Sherrick. No, we're not talking about that one. Only because she completely mugged you off, Prime Boy. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I told her that. I said, we're not going to talk about it. Because she sent me a silly message. And she said, to be honest, mate, I wouldn't either. <laughs> She's not that big on her win anyway. <laughs> No, but uh, look, it's, time, it's time on the board for Fallon. Obviously, the women's series gets underway next month. And look, I'm, I'm looking forward to the women's series coming back because um, we've obviously got Bo, Fallon, Lisa playing well again, Aileen winning. It's, it's a real good mix, isn't it? Yeah, we, it's, it's where they race for the match play really, really comes to light. We've obviously got the a few of the names you've mentioned there you'd expect to be in the, the top four or five of those um, places. But then, so as much as you've got those battling out deep into most tournaments and we've seen Bo have ridiculous run, Fallon have ridiculous run, least come into form, we also have that race for them, six, seven, eight spots for match play. And we've seen what the match play can do over the past couple of years for Bo and Fallon. So, it's going to be a very, very interesting women's series. The end of March, I want to say, towards the last, towards the last week or two of March, isn't it? So, it's good, and it's good to see because we haven't seen it as much the past few years. Fallon go into so many events that are on Dotnet. So obviously, I know she plays local leads and counting and all that sort of stuff to, to, to go to all these events. We've seen her in Vegas, was it, a few weeks ago now at the Scottish Open? Yeah. Um, it, it's just a positive that she's going out there and playing as much as she is. Uh, and hopefully we'll see a good run in the Women's Series next month. Intriguing Women's Series coming up, isn't it? Yeah. Been a while, the race to the match play. Which, on that gob, before I come back to another point, what does your gut say? Does Lisa Ashton play in the Women's Series or the Seniors, Champion of Champions? I have no idea. This is the honest truth. There's no gut at the moment. She's turned down invitations before. You said that you spoke to her and her focus is on the women's series this year. It's just. Yeah, when we, did, when we spoke to her on Saturday, the women's world match play is her number one target this year. Winning that was the, the number one. And qualifying for that shouldn't be a concern if she misses one weekend. The problem with qualification 
is because of the calendar split the world championship qualification if that's an aim of Lisa's to be in the yeah. mix for that come the end of the season that's where the decision needs to be made not about Blackpool she sat in third she'd still comfortably be in that top eight I would say after four events so it would take something special for her not to be in the top eight after those four events but it's then unnecessary pressure it would yeah, no. um, Fallon Sherrick's trip to the World Series a few years ago is obviously quite a large warning sign yeah yeah um, there's this one someone will correct me if I'm wrong but I believe the difference is because the Dutch Open is on TV. That's what. That's the difference. Correct. Yeah. I um. Cammy responded back to someone. Is where I saw that this weekend, on some sort of social media platform. Around, he was asked why he was playing. Um, and he's only able to play in the doubles because yeah, the because... doubles final isn't streamed. Dutch Correct. Open similar does the final is streamed. If they were to play in it and get to the final, they'd obviously obviously have to drop out. So yeah. Uh, that well, that, that that's the 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 ruling that's been. Quote whether that's right or wrong, but yeah, the the, the Dutch Open's actually on TV because I'm sure it was on RTL seven. Yeah, yeah, it was back on RTL. Yeah. Um. So that was that one. Should we open the chat room for question time, then, boys? One thing that you haven't mentioned, Mister Bars, is one thing we always for that. I don't know what you're going to say. Taylor, Modus Super Series, Series 6 champion. And look, I didn't see all of it because obviously we were at the, the the tavern. I watched the final and look, Scott Taylor is an incredible player. Not a surprise oh. that he's got it. I thought he was going to mention the smell in the venue, not the um, starts. <laughs> but- Fargate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's a he's an incredible player and again, same as you. I saw um bits of the final um but not much else of the of the Saturday. Um but yeah, top player and a little bit richer. And moves us in nicely to double trouble. Yeah. Um yeah, is... not deliver, so he doesn't count. <laughs> Tom Sykes, yeah, look, Tom Sykes is a really, really good player. The Yorkshire boys have been banging his drum for for a while, so not a surprise there. Uh, but yeah, let's open question time then. Get your questions in, everyone. Did you um, did you enjoy Double Trouble today? Did you see any of it? No. I was driving and then I was streaming. I've saw bits, yeah, generally good. Like the idea of it. I like the um, the concept of a, a different 
super serious um, and more importantly it doesn't have an impact on champions weight because these need to bring something different so the fact that they're individual tournaments I think generally is a very very good idea also glad that they reduced the format as well so I think it makes it even more brutal and that's what these we that that's what these sort of unique events should be very very brutal we talked about variations of Dark stains, whether it be 1001, Phil's constantly on about a Royal Rumble, all these sort of variations. That's what Mode Super Series Tamarind, because of it not being ranked or any sort of thing like that, we, we can have those variations. So why not? Yeah. Um, does Peter Wright make at least a Prem final? And UK Open winner, Dark Horse prediction. Does Peter Wright make a final of the Premier League? Not for me. He only got nine points last year. Just don't see where it's coming from at the moment. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, he made a final. He made a final. I don't think he wins one. Um, as for UK Open, it's ridiculously hard because of the deep. There's just no. way to do it because of the draw. Um an outsider I'm looking at already for in a couple of weeks, I think Josh Roth has a very, very good UK open. I yet I think we'll see him into the Sunday night. Very much short dependent because you could have three or four absolutely brutal draws. But Josh Roth is certainly a name I think although deep. Sorry Josh. Avoid. <laughs> Pass. Uh, mm. Wessel Nyman, I think, will have a good run at the UK Open. No comment. One name, Jack. One name. Uh, me. I'm going to have a great weekend at the UK Open. Does that count? Nope. Nope. Uh, Ross Smith. Yeah, weren't expecting that curveball, were you? Uh, Andy Barton. Yeah, absolutely. Andy Barton's is superb. Uh, yeah. Trying to think if I can think of any of the qualifiers that will do bits as long as, uh, as Sykes qualified. Have I made that up? I think you've made it up. I know Lonsdale has, Kevin Burness has, Gates has. Bob asks, will MBG be able to defend all his ranking money this year? A lot of it. I didn't know there was that much. Oh, oh, yeah, there's, a, there's, there, there, there's a lot of it. 
I knew it was a bigger percentage. I didn't know it was that big of a percentage. Yeah. Did he won the match play, the Grand Prix, and the players? It's over two thirds of his money. Yeah. Reckon Lewis will play at the UK Open? Not for me. No, but you can see him in the man on the green. That's that's still a weird in, one, isn't it? In on the green, in on the green, but close enough, top. Yeah, that thing. Who cares? <laughs> that's, like, that's like us calling it Area Fifty Seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> so if Don't you want to, do we see Adrian Lewis again this year? Just consider the fact that he didn't play a World Championship qualifier and he's not playing in the UK Open. He's already qualified for, or has entry to as a right as a tour card holder. Yeah. But so, we'll be there pumping out stories pre-session to you via an exhibition stand. Yes. Does Vincent keep his card at the end of the year? I'm saying yes regardless because I'm not annoying Vincent. Because he will murder you. <laughs> Vincent can do whatever he wants. <laughs> Uh, there, there was signs on a, on a, on a serious note. There was signs today. Look, he, he played some better stuff today. That's all right. Just got to back it up, ain't he? Yeah. Yeah. Will MBG, like yeah. MBG will win more than one major this year? Yeah, I think he'll win two. I'll mention it to him, Chris. I'll, I'll add it to my list of things to to say to him. I was just looking at how old Vincent is. I wasn't sure if 49. he was... 49. <laughs> Do not worry, I have looked. <laughs> he's, he's on Gob's almost there list. Correct. 48. 48. I'm sure it's a 49. Oh, well, close enough. 49 in December. Uh, Bob, I'm not sure if Bo's going to play in next weekend. The the reply was that she's going to play in a couple. If you guys had the chance to sponsor one player, who would you... Gary Anderson... Uh, it depends what route you're going. Right now, it'd be Lou Littler. Yeah, and it would say boohoo gob instead of boohoo man. Um, <laughs> if I was a company and we are excusing Lou Littler, the other person I'd go down the route of would probably be Stephen Bunting because the amount that's involved on socials would be very good for uh, your business. And you could... Uh, definitely then him involved in some quirky promotional videos similar to what probably Paddy Power would say uses videos. Bunting would definitely be a good player to look at. Uh, as well, massive shout out to Chris Murphy that when he was commentating on Phil Taylor's game, he got the line in, didn't he? It's ever so strange. 
<laughs> yeah. He got the line in. Um, if the UK Open was to change venue again, where would you like it moved to? And have, back to back to Bolton. All in one room. Yes, Barzi. That was the UK Open buzz. All in one room that you did cheers all over the place that you knew something was going on. Without doubt. Gob's not having it, is he? Butlin Skegness. <laughs> it's closer to me. It's just as awkward to drive to, though. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, he did. He did call me an expert. Don't ask me why, but I'll take it. We also don't know why, but. <laughs> Must have been the car wash next door. Just got in his head. <laughs> Um, yeah, the online darts logo was on Thornton's shirt. Yeah, well, don't worry, not like that. <laughs> um, cheers, Adam. I, I enjoyed doing it, it was good. Hang on, we can't have a one room setup because it feels like an open tournament for the UK Open. And then Barzi not have open qualifiers like he said the other week because the ADC are going to manage it. You can't have both. You can't have one, not the other. You can. No. It's not an open anymore. Not, not to start you off again. But Do whatever I want. And I want to make sure everyone knows you're in the week. <laughs> Do week. Uh, will the Masters be back in 25? Yeah. What, what was it? We got PDC, WDF, all the seniors. Two of them, yes. One of them, no. All three, yes. Don't get optimistic about it. <laughs> we getting an announcement, Lee? I was going to say, do, do you know? Do you know? If we, do you know something that we don't? Are we, is there an announcement pending? There was a question asked in the chat room, and I just answered <laughs> it. <laughs> Are we getting then? Sorry, the uh, battery must be there. What was that? You're getting old, mate. <laughs> Thought that's the people we worked with all weekend, but steady on. <laughs> you are considerably older than me, though, so yeah. Maybe you hear it is good. What? <laughs> right, before we go, <laughs> you two and chat room, what song should Gezi actually pick and stick to? Barbie Girl. <laughs> Why does he have to stick to one? Yeah, Damon Hatter doesn't stick to one, and that's worked out and we all love that idea he has recently suck as a blip 
coming what I'd go for. Cold as Ice by Foreigner is a belter. Raw by Katy Perry is just pathetic. It's like the least intimidating song in the world. Honestly, it's like telling your four-year-old niece to pretend to be a tiger, isn't it? Like it's just it's just not gonna frighten anybody. Hearts on fire from Rocky. His nickname's the Iceman, and you want someone to do being on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh everyone. Thank you very, very much for your support this evening. Um, it's been a bit of all over the show. Not we're not gonna lie, all three of us are absolutely shattered. Um, it's been it's been a long couple of days, but thank you for your support as always. Uh, Pro Tour stream returns tomorrow. Uh, Gob is starting off, and I will be joining him after the Super Series. Um, but thank you very much. This will be available as audio only in the morning as well. So if you have the chance, give us a follow on all podcast providers. Anything to add, gents, before we roll out? Yeah, I've got one more. Just just get Kasabi on fire for going Price's name. Why not? Song. Yeah, we'll bang out. <laughs> oh, I was going to do I was in the old store with fire and I really like my fire a bit of Lulu and say that. <laughs> Watch you. <laughs> oh, everyone, thank you very much. I'm in Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, Lee Boyce, and we will see you all next week for the live lounge and the pro tour tomorrow. See you all very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.